This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery... Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency designed Future Formula, a personalized anti-aging formula prescribed by a dermatology provider to treat fine lines, wrinkles, dark spots, and more. Agency has clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than over-the-counter retinol. Future Formula by Agency. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. How to Grow Sweet Peas, a tea break tutorial with me, Alan Titchmarsh. Hello and welcome to the brand new Gardener's World magazine podcast series, exploring some of the key issues that incense and inspire gardeners. These are handy expert guides to some of the topics and techniques team at Gardener's World are asked about time and time again. Cuttings, tomatoes, pests, 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 blooming blight, composting, to name but a few. In this exclusive series, I'm going to talk about some of these big questions and share with you my practical, no-nonsense solution. I'll lead you, not down the garden path, but to a more successful, hopefully less stressful approach to tackling common garden woes and getting the garden of your dreams. I want to help you to have more time enjoying the fruits and flowers of your labours and less time actually labouring. loved sweet peas. They bring back vivid memories of happy times with my granddad on his allotment when I was a boy. I still have a little black and white photo of Grandpa Hardesty, my mum's dad, with his black trilby and his black waistcoat and his gold collar stud, leading me, this child of about 18 months, I suppose, in baggy bloomers, through his rows of sweet peas, trained up tall canes, and dangling from them were 
cocoa tin lids. I can tell they were cocoa because they had Cadbury's on them. It was a very good little box camera they had. They took this picture with. And these little tin lids were hung up there to try and frighten the sparrows away and stop them eating his sweet peas. So for me, sweet peas mean childhood. And they're as much of a joy for me nowadays as they were for my grandfather, not least to cut for the house. I'm usually reluctant to sacrifice flowers for indoor displays because you look at them in the garden, you look at peonies and you think, I can't cut it for the house because it's so beautiful there, which is why I grow a few peonies on my veg patch. Then it makes me cut them. But with sweet peas, I have no such dilemma because just like cotton come again salad leaves, the more flowers you cut the more flowers the sweet pea plant produces. If you leave them on, they run to seed. And you can tell they're a pea because they've got these little pea pods. But then the plant sends messages down to its roots saying, that's it, job done, we've made seeds, we can pack up and go home now. You keep cutting them, no seeds are produced. They keep on producing flowers. Once you know how, sweet peas are absolutely a doddle to grow from seed for your borders, in containers and obviously for countless vases inside the house. It'll be enough to inject summer scent and colour into every room of the house. So this tea break tutorial is my guide to sweet peas for those who've never grown them before. And autumn is a time to start sowing and growing the seeds to create this explosion of perfumed blooms next summer. I'm going to talk you through how to grow sweet peas from seed, how to nurture and support them to achieve great heights, what supports to use, varieties to choose for scent and colour, and some suggestions of how you can keep the slugs from raising your seedlings to the ground. You'll find more information about sweet peas, variety profiles, videos and more on our podcast pages. So no need to tax your memory to remember the details. Just relax, listen and enjoy. So where do sweet peas come from? Well, the Latin name is Lathyrus odoratus, meaning fragrance. They're originally from Sicily, Italy, and the Aegean Islands. You're transported already, aren't you? They're scramblers in their native land, scrambling up shrubs and trunks of trees and any twigs that are lying around. They're equipped with little tendrils that allow them to grow ever more upwards. Seeds were sent to England in 1699 by a well-known Italian botanist, Franciscus Cupani. You'll hear more of that name in a minute. There was some interest from garden lovers, but it wasn't until the end of the 19th century, the late 1800s, that the passion for the sweet pea exploded thanks to the work of a Scottish nurseryman called Henry Eckford, the father of the sweet pea. It was Eckford's work to crossbreed and create a whole host of new varieties, and it ignited a passion for sweet peas on both sides of the Atlantic, a passion that assured the sweet pea of a, a permanent place in gardeners' hearts, minds, flower beds and allotments. Why were they so popular? Well, thanks to Eckford, they came in lots of different colours. But, you know, 
I think it's that fragrance, that classic sweet pea fragrance, which is unlike any other plants that have endeared them to us. Because you can cut a bunch, you can bring them indoors, and oh, your room will be entirely fragrance, far better and longer lasting than anything you get out of an aerosol spray. There are wonderful varieties of sweet pea on the market these days. The gardener is spoilt for choice. The Spencer varieties are some of them, and they were raised on the estate of Princess Diana's ancestor, the Spencer family. But for me, well, I grow all sorts. There's one called Painted Lady, which is an old variety with flowers that are red and white. Cupani, I, I told you we'd heard about Mr Cupani again. There is one called Cupani, which is red and purple. Purple. If you want a lovely white, look for Swan Lake. So many to choose from, and it will always tell you on the packet or in the seed catalogue how strong the scent is. There is one I do have to mention. It's pink and cream with a frilly edge and the most delicious fragrance, and it's called Alan Titchmarsh. It was named after me by a man called Robert Bolton, who was a sweet pea breeder back in 1986. And it is still growing strong, which I have to tell you, when something's been named after you, the fact that it's still going strong nearly 40 years later, well, it, it, it does give you hope, doesn't it, really? Rather than, oh, we used to grow him, and he fell off the perch. So if you like things bright and bold, just grow any of these varieties well and go for the dark purples, the reds, the blues, the whites. There is no shortage of colour variations. Do them to your own colour scheme and just enjoy that glorious fragrance. When should you start germinating your sweet peas? Well, that's the big question that divides sweet pea growers. A lot of sweet pea growers start their plants off in autumn and then overwinter them under glass. I'll be perfectly honest with you, I don't do that because it's a bit of a lottery. If you have a bad winter or your heating goes, the plants don't like it freezing it's so much easier, I reckon, to sow in early spring, and that's what I do, and let the warmer weather and a cool greenhouse give me a helping hand. You may get slightly more vigorous, slightly earlier flowers from those autumn sowings, but then, for me, it's too great a lottery. I'd far rather sow in spring. So let's talk about how to sow the seeds. They have a really tough seed coat, and sometimes it's recommended that you chit the seeds, quite different to the chitting of potatoes, which means getting them to sprout. Chitting sweet pea seeds means sawing a little nick or a notch in them. Oh, there are more cuts to your fingers and thumbs than I don't know what from doing that. So if I were you, the day before you sow, put them in water overnight. Now you'll need lots of little tiny sauces if you've got lots of different varieties to soak the seeds and just soften them a bit. It is not essential. If you've got decent compost and good seed, you don't have to do this. And if time is of the essence, don't worry too much about it. What I would do is remember that sweet peas 
like a good root run. If you sell them in ordinary little flower pots, three inch, eight centimetres, that's fine, but you can get things called root trainers. You can also get things called the middle of toilet rolls. Cardboard tubes which you can stand on end when you've collected loads of them in a seed tray, fill them with compost and sow your sweet pea seeds on top of that. The roots love it moist and they'll go right down into those, but there are these things called root trainers which you can reuse year on year. And I really always put my sweet pea seeds in those. They come with a little framework which holds these long, slender pots together, the root trainers, filled with good, multi-purpose, peat-free compost. And so two or three seeds per root trainer, or two or three seeds per Luro holder if you want, generally speaking, in about February. And that way I'll get them through nice and early. They're not going to be planted out in the garden until early April. At the earliest, that gives you plenty of time to grow the plants and just decent peat-free, multi-purpose compost. There are some lower-growing varieties, knee-high sweet peas, which are particularly good for containers. If you want to grow the taller types in containers, then make sure that container is of a decent size and pay even more attention to watering and feeding. I tend to pop three seeds on top of each root trainer or each Luro holder and push them down about half an inch into the compost with the end of a pencil. That really is the easiest way of sowing and do make sure you label them with the variety and also the date you sowed just so you know when to give up hope if they don't come through. No, they will come through if you take care of them and don't let them dry out. You can buy plug plants if you've missed the germination window or if you don't want to grow them yourself from seed and just grow them on good light is vital. Not high temperatures, that'll make them tall and spindly, but good light and then then make sure they're accustomed to those outdoor temperatures before you plant them out. It's called hardening off. And during the day when the temperature is a bit higher, you can stand the plants outdoors, just bringing them in at night to protect them from frost. They will actually take a degree or so of frost sweet peas. They're quite tough, but you really want to make sure they're well used to the cooler temperatures before you actually plant them out. They'll start to get tall and leggy. Don't think you've got to let them keep going up and up and up. When they get to a height of about 10 centimetres, 4 inches, pinch out the shoot tip. That will encourage more shoots to grow and that will encourage more flowers to be produced. Don't worry too much when you're growing them just for your own indoor decoration about the length of stem you're going to get on the flowers. Because frankly, some of these wonderful ones you can buy in the shops with stems a foot long, oh, they are good. They take quite a deal of raising. Content yourself with stems that are six to nine inches long. That's 15 to 23 centimetres long. Quite long enough for your bunches indoors. And they will come from just good growing. Plant out. Generally speaking, during April, when the weather is getting a little bit milder, don't be too keen to rush them out there if it's really cold and wet. Plant them out when it's beginning to get a bit milder and make sure they go in really rich earth. Just like runner beans and peas and other legumes, they like rich, moist soil that isn't inclined to dry out. If the soil is poor and it dries out, they won't grow lustily and they will also stop flowering more quickly.
So plant them with a trowel, but before you plant, absolutely saturate the root ball. Soak them. And if you're using fibre pots or you're using loo roll holders, that cardboard tube, make sure that that cardboard tube is absolutely soggy before you plant it. If you plant it when it's dry, it will stay dry. And that way the plant will never be able to root through into the soil. Have I made my point? With sweet peas, you need a soggy bottom. And once you've planted them, at the foot of their supports, more in a second, make sure you water them in. It's water, water, water all the way with sweet peas, particularly when you're starting them off. What are you going to give them to climb up? Because they are climbers. They produce these tendrils that help them leg it up whatever. Trellis, if you want. Wigwams and bamboo canes. But make them tall. If you get canes that are a good eight feet long, you can make a wigwam with about six or eight of them, pushing them a good foot into the ground so that they're nice and sturdy, tying them in a cluster at the top, and then you can train the stems up, just gently tying them in to start with and tying them in as they extend. And then you will find that enough tendrils are being produced to allow them to cling on on their own. But do keep an eye on your sweet peas as they're growing. And occasionally you'll need to loop them in with a bit of soft twine to make sure they're not romping their way through either your flower border or your veg patch. They're lovely ornamental obelisks. You can grow them up. All you can do as my granddad did a long row of hazel poles made into a long tent-like shape with a pole running along the top just like a long tent-like structure and granddad trained his sweet peas up these right up to the very top just tie them in as they grow the really keen growers remove tendrils and tie the stems in and they disbud oh do you know I just like to grow them and let them get away. The key thing is not to let them dry out at the roots. When you do get dry spells, give them a really good soaking. If you need to keep the slugs off them, and you often will, make sure that you do it safely. Slug pellets are now mercifully illegal. You can't use those anymore. You can use sharp grit at the foot of the plants or copper rings pushed into the soil. That'll help keep the slugs off. But it's only in those very early stages that they're likely to be endangered by marauding mollusks. Then through the rest of the season, yes, just make sure they never run short of water. Give them a dilute liquid feed once a week if you can. Dilute liquid tomato feed is good for them. Contains a load of potash and they always think the lovely thing about plants is they can't read the label. They can't see it's meant for tomatoes and not sweet peas. The more you cut, the more will come because that way you stop the plants running to seed. They just concentrate on making more and more flowers rather than, that's it, we've done the seeds, game over. Be generous with them, and they'll be so generous with you. You can collect seed from them if you want. Towards the end of the season, you can let some of those pods ripen and you can sow your own, but you will get a mixed batch of plants. They won't all have the same colour flower because there'll be a bit of cross-pollination going on. It all depends whether you want to take a gamble or think to yourself, no, I'd rather know exactly what I'm getting. And I have to say, sweet peas are so reasonably priced. That's what I tend to do. The biggest mistakes that people make with sweet peas are forgetting to keep cutting them so they run to seed and stop flowering, and that they let them dry out. So my two tips for success are to remember they're greedy, be generous with them, 
and just keep giving yourself pleasure by cutting them. That's it. Follow these simple steps in autumn or spring and you will have sweet success with sweet peas in the summer. They're the one flower in my garden I would never be without. Oh, and you can always grow Alan Titchmarsh. Lovely variety, you know. Till next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Tea Break Tutorials with me, Alan Titchmarsh, produced by Lucy Ditchmont for BBC Gardener's World magazine.